It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Rachel Hampton and I'm Nadira Goff and you're listening to ICYMI in case you missed it Slate's podcast about internet culture Nadira hello welcome back my friend hi always great to be here it's been so long a whole three months how have you been how's life what's going on you know getting older wiser more jaded and upset with the world I mean, you say that and you're more beautiful than ever. And I can say (laughs) that because we're in the studio together. I'm looking at your face. Thank you. It's truly the hate that powers me. (laughs) Honestly, the people who live the longest have the most hate coursing through their veins. And that is why Henry Kissinger is still alive. Every time I come on this show, are we going to talk about Henry Kissinger? The fact that he's still alive gives me so much angina. (laughs) So much agita. It is upsetting. I can can agree. I can agree. Um, We recently asked for feedback as we enter the new ICYMI era, which you know about because you're in. You have all the gossip. But do you want to know the most common thing people said? Okay. I hope it was retribution in my defense for the time that Madeline was on. Love you, Madeline. Hey, girl. To talk about Pedro Pascal. And you both called me out with a dig at Austin (laughs) Butler. Yes, I was listening. No, I did not appreciate it. I didn't think you'd listen. (laughs) Oh, you didn't think I was a fan of the show? It's sort of, it was a defense in that, in one resounding voice, the denizens of the ICY and Myverse said, please, even though there's a new co-host, please make sure Nadira and Natish keep coming back. You're beloved. I love it. You're a star in the mantle. Which makes it even funnier that somehow in the many episodes we've done together, I've never asked you the most important question of the ICY in my verse, which is, what is your first internet memory? Okay, first, that is very, very sweet. I love doing the show with you. And I love talking about this show with people on Twitter. So if you want to talk about the show with me on Twitter, <laughs> please do. Um, second, that's a good question. Uh, my memory is generally really, really bad. I'm sure that there's some sort of like late stage MySpace aim situation in there. But I feel like the first internet memory I have in terms of being obsessed with the internet is the early days of YouTube. I'm talking I Justine. I'm talking Fred, Tyler Oakley, Jenna Marbles, Niga Higa, Philip DeFranco. All of those British vloggers, you know, I don't know if you remember any of them, like Jack Scap, anyone? Bitch, do I remember Jack Scap? Of course I remember Jack Scap. Jack and Finn were my boys. 
I was obsessed with those two. They were so cute. And it really was this era where you could be famous for being hot and British and hanging out in your room. It was it was a simpler time. I miss it. It was so simple that I was reading Jonas Brothers fan fiction on YouTube. <laughs> it was so simple. It was the simplest. <laughs> and not to mention all of the beauty vloggers before I even really knew what beauty was. So I just want to give a shout out to Michelle Fawn because I was like, ooh, that's pretty without even I, I wasn't I didn't know what she was doing. Listen, do you remember the absolute chokehold that the Anastasia Beverly Hills dip brow had on the girlies? Yes, I do. I really do. And I still don't even really know what dip brows are. (laughs) Which is how I know that I was aware. I I feel like I knew it was the lifeblood of beauty vloggers at the Mm -hmm. time, but I was still so confused. Y'all, I don't wear makeup is what I'm saying. I'm a glossier girl. I, I just do the like makeup without the makeup look because I don't know what I'm doing. Someone help. I mean, it means that you avoided the Nike swoop eyebrow trend, which I feel like we're pretty, we, you know, we we were too unskilled to imitate, yes. which in some some way levels us up. <laughs> I remain too unskilled to imitate. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting because it's rare that a single product would sort of take over the entire beauty vlogging industry, which is sort of what we're talking about today. Yeah, it's definitely become a bit more common on TikTok because of how fast it moves. TikTok will essentially cause a bank run on specific products like the Miel Organics hair oil or the Fenty Hot Chocolate lip gloss, which I finally got my hands on. If you listen to the show, you know it's been a motherfucking saga. I have it. It's in my bag right now. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Currently, the beauty brand on everyone's lips on TikTok is Tarte. And unfortunately for Tarte, but fortunately for us, the drama-loving girlies, it's not for any good reason. One of the more common pieces of feedback we got in the past week or so, along with more Nadira, is we miss when y'all would discuss the latest internet dramas of the week. So this is for all of y'all, but also for me, because there's nothing I love more than diving headlong into some convoluted-ass brouhaha. That's <laughs> going to be the new Ouroboros. A brouhaha. I love brouhaha. <laughs> And yeah, truly you and me both, which is why after the break, we will be discussing Tarte Cosmetics' rocky relationship with black beauty bloggers, to put it lightly, (laughs) how their recent drama got some of your fave TikTokers involved, and what F1 Racing and Pyrex, yes, the glass Tupperware people, have to do with it. I cannot wait. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Grainger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Grainger. For the ones who get it done. And we're back with 
F1. We're a sports podcast now. We actually both showed up in basketball attire today without coordinating it. You're wearing a Sixers jersey. I'm wearing a Chicago Bulls sweatshirt. I know you're a sports girly, but are you an F1 girly? <clears throat> Not to be um, <laughs> Not the throat clear. <laughs> uncouth or spicy, but you're asking me to my face, might I add, if I'm a fan of a sport where people drive in circles over and over again, just vibing to the sound of CO2 emissions in the air. <laughs> like, I respect the F1 girlies I do, but I am not one of you. With that being said, I do actually think that the racer jackets, you know, racing fashion is really, really cute. So if someone wants to slap me one of those without me actually supporting the entire sport, that'd be great. Again, I don't really participate in sports and there's nothing I love more than sportswear themed attire. But you know what else is super cute? Those drivers. Have you seen Lewis Hamilton recently? Like, It's true. My man is fine. He is fine. It's true. But we're not here for that. Though, if you do want to hear Nadir and I being almost um, unforgivably thirsty, there's an episode for you about internet boyfriends. But back to the drama. This past Sunday, May 7th, was an important day in F1 history. Not because it's the Miami Grand Prix, which I know about because I watched that Netflix show, but because Tarte Cosmetics decided to host the brand trip that broke the internet. Before we get into the specifics, let's talk a bit about brand trips and how they work. What it tends to look like from the outside is every single influencer just happens to be in the same place at the same time in the same hotel talking about how much they love the same products. It's almost coordinated some might say i mean yeah it's orchestrated just like any brand deal right these are influencers that usually have contracts with those brands those brands will then fly those influencers out for these all expenses paid trips where they partner with hotels and event promoters to host the influencers and so everyone wins the influencers talk about how much they love their hotel room and how much fun they had at the event and they talk about how much they love all the free stuff they got and they essentially do all of the pr work for all involved parties and then in turn the influencers themselves get a boost in their following for being affiliated with these brands. They also get some free swag. And that's basically how it works. Tarte has been doing these brand trips for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And you said everyone wins. And that's usually the case. Except, except what happens when you get a bunch of influencers in a room together, but some drama. Everyone watching at home is comparing and contrasting what influencer got what room, Who says they got paid for the trip and who they didn't? Who's at certain events? It's basically like watching your friend's Instagram stories at a party where you know drama is going down and you're just seeing in the corner who is going, who's doing what. And this is how the F1 trip started to go bad. I feel like it seemed destined for infamy from the beginning and that there was already a bad taste in people's mouths retard. Their most recent brand trip before F1 wasn't Turks and Caicos. It's a nice trip. And they invited one of my personal favorite beauty TikTokers at Chadi Sin, who's Southeast Asian and plus sized. But when she posted a room tour, which is a very necessary part of every single brand trip, her audience couldn't help noticing that she had the smallest room of all the influencers who had posted about it. And by couldn't help noticing, I mean Cynthia at Chadi Sin straight up said in the caption for her room tour, they put me in the smallest room, but I'm happy to be here. 
In a later video talking about the trip, Cynthia addresses the fact that it looks like she got the short end of the stick. This may not make sense to a lot of you, but just please hear me out. I'm a brown minority creator in this influencer content creator TikTok era, and a lot of the times I get the short end of the stick, whether it's getting paid less for the same advertisement or not getting paid at all. I 100% agree that that room is more than enough. I don't even have a bedroom myself that is the size of the room I got. However, I do believe I am worth what I am worth. I hope people will understand is it was never about the size of the room. It was just about getting treated equally to my counterparts slash coworkers. And if you think there's something wrong with that, you have every right to call me out. Okay, the thing to note here, well, there are many things to note here, but (laughs) one of the things to note here is that Tarte already didn't have the best reputation for catering to diverse, read, non-white, non-regular beauty standards influencers. Are we going to talk about Shape Tape? Are we going to talk about, what what year was that? Was that 2018? Yes. 2018? Yes. Oh my God. We're old. Terrifying how long ago that is now, but disregarding that. In 2018, Tarte released their Shape Tape Foundation in a measly offering of 15 shades, which, to no one's surprise, had barely anything to offer for people with darker skin tones. The names for the products literally were all variations of, like, Fair Sand Mm -hmm. and, like, Light Medium Honey to Mm -hmm. Rich Sand Mm -hmm. and some other type of honey and (laughs) mahogany, which is a mess. Just an absolute mess. (laughs) And so obviously a lot of black and brown influencers and customers were upset, and rightfully so. So popular black beauty vloggers Jackie Ina and Alyssa Ashley reviewed the foundation in a video that went viral because the darkest shades were A, obviously not dark enough, and B, horrible examples of understanding black people's undertones. So all of the darkest shades look practically orange on Jackie Ina, who is darker skinned. And Aina and Ashley made it very clear in the video that Tarte has a reputation for not catering to diverse content creators and users, both in their products and in their marketing and branding. Like, they don't really partner with any diverse creators for their brand trips. They don't put them in their photos on their Instagram. They just have a reputation for remaining um, pale. More sandy than dune? Yes. More, <laughs> more, more sandy than dune. I just I just want to read a bit of the statement Tarte gave at the time for why in 2018, which was post-Fenty launching with about 30-plus shades, they still decided to have multiple shades of sand. If you listen to our apologies episode, this is going to sound real familiar. It may be too little, too late, but we can assure you this was not meant in any kind of malicious way. We all just got caught up in hashtag shape tape nation. And seeing your tweets asking for it, we wanted to get the product out as fast as possible and we made the decision to move forward before all the shades were ready to go. We know there is no excuse and we take full responsibility for launching this way. We lost sight of what's really important in this industry and for those who feel alienated in our community, we want to personally apologize. We're doing everything in our power to bring those unfinished shades as fast as we can at any cost. We can and will do better. Will you, Tart? No. The answer is no. And just, you know, spoiler alert, this will not be the only (laughs) horrible apology from Tart that we will talk about in this episode. So fast forward to the year of our Lord 2023. Tart has since expanded their foundation range to about 50 shades. Kudos. Yay. Whatever. Yet. 
This doesn't change the brand's history of sidelining people of color, both with their products and with their reputation of, again, not partnering with more diverse content creators and influencers. So it's interesting that they decide to fix this by inviting creators like at Shoddy Sin to their brand trips, but then turn around and um, treat them differently. Mm-hmm. And of course, at Shoddy Sin wasn't the only one. Tart's shady treatment of melanated creators went viral again this past week when beauty TikToker Bria Jones, who was invited to the Tart brand trip to Miami for the F1 Grand Prix, posted about how Tart was treating her differently than some of the other influencers they invited. Importantly, at the time of recording, some of the videos we're going to reference have been deleted, but nothing disappears on the internet except for that one fan fiction author I've been looking for since 2017. So the F1 Tart trip was scheduled to start a few days before the race, which was on Sunday. In a now-deleted video, Bria Jones, who has about half a million followers on TikTok, very emotionally explains why she eventually decided not to go on the trip, which is that despite the fact that the race, the main event, was on Sunday... Her itinerary showed that she was scheduled to leave on Saturday. Meanwhile, other creators were scheduled to be there for the whole weekend. Again, that video is currently deleted off Bria's page, but at RichLux713 posted a screen-recorded version of the TikTok where Bria describes feeling like a, quote, second-tier person after finding out that she's the only one of her friends that's not going to be able to see the race. Again, keep in mind, this Tart trip is an F1 trip. So I was supposed to be going on a Tarte trip and I was going to be leaving tomorrow to go to Formula One in Miami and I decided that I'm not going to go. I've just been really upset today because even before I'm getting to this trip, I'm realizing that I'm not going to be treated like everyone else there. I would love to go on a Tarte trip and trust me, I'm so grateful, but I have more integrity than to get all the way to Miami and realize that I'm being treated like a second tier person or like I'm being ranked. It just feels like a sorority situation and I'm not doing that shit. I don't care if this means that I no longer have a relationship with the Tarte team, um, but I, I don't agree with how they're doing this. So the actual race is on Sunday the 7th. I was invited to come out from the 4th to the 6th. But initially in the email, it said something about being front row May 7th at the race. So once I realized my flights didn't align with the actual race, I asked them about it and they said, oh, don't worry, you'll still get to see like the practice races and stuff. But I have some friends that are going on the trip and I asked them when they were leaving and they all said they were leaving Monday and I was the only one leaving Saturday. So I just feel a little stupid. And I understand that my numbers are not like some of these other creators, but I just wish that there was more transparency up front. And I also, like I have a screenshot of what was said at the beginning of our email thread. So I just, I guess I misunderstood. But either way, I heard, I know that Cynthia had a similar experience and I just don't like that this is happening to people who want to be a part of these tart trips and personally I don't get why if they're going to do these trips they don't just treat everyone the same. I have worked too hard to get to where I am today and I will be damned as a black creator if I accept anything other than equal treatment. I gotta say, the comments on this video are, to me, very much not it. A Mm. lot of people saying, you should just be grateful for a free trip. 
Right. Those types of comments show a complete misunderstanding of how content creation and influencing works as a job. Like, this is Bria's business. And regardless of whether it is or not, even, I didn't really think equality was that hot of a take. But maybe that's just me. Maybe it's me and you. Maybe we would want to see the F1 race at an F1 branded event. Maybe we're crazy. Maybe. (laughs) So a lot of people both came to Bria's defense and started treating her horribly online. And Tarte's CEO and founder, Maureen Kelly, posted a response video. I'm not going to call it an apology video (laughs) because it wasn't saying that she wanted to, quote unquote, clear the air. And she basically went on to say that there was miscommunication on both sides. She claimed that they had to stagger the trip so all the invitees could experience a nice dinner, a night at the club, and a day at the tracks. And she also tried to explain the room sizing thing in a way that honestly didn't make sense to me at all as a callback to at Shadison. I woke up pretty sad this morning and I wanted to talk to you guys about a couple of things. We've had our share of mistakes and I definitely want to take responsibility for them. But sometimes miscommunications happen. You know, I see my team working so hard and I just want to clear the air on a couple things. We have been hosting trips with creators for well over a decade. And the biggest thing to me, like the most important takeaway is that they have fun. It's not about the actual post. Anyone that's been on a trip with me um, can definitely attest to that for sure. It's just, it's important. I want people to be happy. I want them to have a good time. It's just like in my nature. In my experience growing up in a house of seven with a lot of siblings, um, I just love having a lot of people around. So, you know, when I go on vacations, I'm just very much like a more the merrier type of person. So when you're going on a trip in a house, not every room can be the same. And for me, I valued having, you know, more people there as opposed to just having just a few people, a handful of people and having them just be in the big rooms and having the small rooms be empty. And this weekend, we're going to F1, and I wasn't thinking about what's going on at the track. I was just thinking, how can we get the most people to just have this fabulous experience? So we made a plan for everyone to have one day at the racetrack, one really nice dinner, and one really fun night at the club. So everybody was coming for the same amount of time, and I was really excited to hang out with so many you know, really cool creators. And every day had a mix of big creators and up and coming creators and nothing was decided based on the follower account. I mean, I wish I had the amount of followers that these creators had. And I thought we were gonna hang out at the VIP cabanas and really just enjoy that weekend. But it turns out that people really wanted to go to, you know, that Sunday race, it was important to them. And I realized that the things that were important to me are maybe not important to everybody else. So. The team and I quickly adjusted. We got a ton of extra tickets. And so everybody can go to whichever day that they want. I'm all about lifting up others and making people feel good. So I couldn't imagine making someone feel sad or, you know, just like hurting someone's feelings. Even though I was feeling a little bummed, a lot of you sent me really nice messages. You guys are the freaking best. Um, it's going to be a great weekend. No hard feelings to anyone. And Yeah, I love you guys. Okay, I take a lot of issues with this non-apologetic-ass apology. (laughs) First, Maureen Kelly is literally doing a get ready with me make a video (laughs) while she's discussing this whole scenario. So she's using her Tarte foundation and blush and whatever while she's talking about these women of color who've spoken out about how they felt poorly treated. As if the harm she has caused to them 
isn't even that serious. Okay, this video is a masterclass in how not to respond to controversy because it's what you're saying. And then the fact that her excuse for why Bria perhaps did not get to say for the race is that Maureen was just so focused on making sure that the trip was fun that she wasn't even thinking about the race. Again, we keep saying this. This is an F1 trip. And in what world would you not want to see the race? This is the same Tarte company that sparked money laundering rumors because of an extremely lavish brand trip to Dubai where everyone they invited, first of all, got a plus one. But then them and their plus one got first class seats on Emirates to Dubai, which is over 20k per ticket and private villa type rooms at the Ritz Carlton. Like you have proven that you can orchestrate incredibly expensive and equitable trips. I don't see why you couldn't do the same here in Florida. Like you didn't think <laughs> that people would want to go to the actual Grand Prix at the Grand Prix trip. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just stuck on money laundering. Like, maybe launder some money Bria's way if you gotta like that, allegedly. Don't sue me, Maureen. If somehow we haven't even gone to the Pyrex of it all, we will, but after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, y'all. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to ICYMI, then welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, that's what ICYMI stands for. Also, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You're currently listening to the Saturday episode. This past Wednesday's episode was all about the history of public apologies, from the Salem witch trials to the infamous Notes app apology. It featured the host of NPR's Throughline podcast, Rom Team Ara Bluey, and we had a phenomenal conversation. You should definitely check it out. And we're back. 
So Nadira, tell me, how does Pyrex enter the chat? I'm so happy you asked. <laughs> Not only because I love Tupperware, which I do. <laughs> you container store ass bitch. I really am. But also <laughs> because I was obsessed with this drama when it was unfolding on TikTok, which is, you know, fake drama, kind of. Well, not anymore. So what had happened was <laughs> popular TikTokers, Finita and Amber Wallen, who are friends IRL, started this truly hilarious bit where they were fake beefing over Tupperware. So Finita was invited to Amber's house for dinner and Amber's white husband, yes, that is important, sent Finita home with leftovers in the good Tupperware. And the joke which is the truth I could attest to, is that black people, we don't bring the Tupperware back. So when you're sending someone home with leftovers, you can't send it home in the good Tupperware, like the glass Tupperware. Sorry, I was just thinking about the amount of Tupperware in my house that I, I did not purchase myself. Also, the amount of Tupperware I've lost to friends. Frightening. RIP. But also a rite of passage in a way. So basically, Finita and Amber start this really funny feud, which leads to Pyrex, who makes the good glass Tupperware in question, sending Finita some of her own set. Which, side note, is funny because I guess the whole pretense is she was supposed to not steal anymore. She had her own, but as we've already discussed, that's really just not how it works at all. Not how it works at all. So because this friendly feud went viral, Pyrex decided to offer a brand deal to Amber and Finita. But in a since-deleted video, Finita said that the deal fell through, lamenting the way that brands poorly treat Black creators. Finita revealed that Pyrex extended to her and Amber a laughable, that was a quote, laughable, offer of $5,000 each to make branded content, which is less than their usual rate. Still, Amber and Finita agreed to it, but then Pyrex ended up rescinding the offer without any explanation. So Finita took to TikTok to make a video calling Pyrex out and other brands as a whole out for consistently treating Black creators like this while saying how disrespected and upset she felt. I'm going to give y'all some insight on how these brands treat Black creators. Cause this isn't this isn't funny anymore, and I'm tired and I'm pissed off. Our teams were reaching out to Pyrex to create some kind of deal to get something shaken. They were lollygagging, bullshitting, and then a couple weeks ago they finally said, "All right, we'll do a deal." The deal itself, fucking laughable, laughable, disrespectful, if you will. Cause it was five thousand dollars for me and Amber each to make a video. Five thousand each, way below our usual rate. So we were like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll we'll do it. it it's fine. I get an email saying that they said, actually, no, we're, we just don't want to do it anymore. After they already gave us an offer, they rescinded it. And I'm pissed because this is how black creators get treated on social media, working with brands. We get paid less and then we have brands that rescind fucking offers. Me and Amber are full time content creators. This is how we make our money. It's mad disrespectful and it's unfair because we all know if it was any other type of creator, this shit would never fucking happen. And I'm tired of brands getting away with treating us like this. Which is more than fair. I also saw this play out on my FYP as well because both Vanita and Amber are incredibly popular TikTokers with 1.8 million and 1.5 million followers respectively. This was just funny to watch. And it was really a natural, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I've been watching a lot of Succession, so this is going to sound, this was a really natural brand synergy, okay? <laughs> it was an organic mention of a product that could have made a seemingly authentic relationship with two black influencers whose audiences are incredibly engaged. When I thought Pyrex was going to sponsor them, I was like, that's smart, that's really smart. So for Pyrex to both wildly undervalue them 
and then rescind the offer without explanation is kind of incomprehensible to me. And also, apparently, to everyone else on Black TikTok who basically all agreed, fuck Pyrex from now on after this. I will say, Vanita made that video, but interestingly, Amber never said anything about any of this, which is a little note I wanted to add, but I digress. You might be asking, what does this have to do with F1 and Tart? I thought we were talking about one drama, and now we over here. It connects. Don't worry. We got you. Shortly after Bria Jones posts her video about basically feeling like a second-class citizen, guess who posts a video saying that they've been last-minute invited on the Tart F1 Miami trip? None other than Fanita. Cue that audience ooh sound from the 90s black comedies. So basically, amidst the Bria drama, Tart invited Fanita and another creator, Nike, whose tag is at Specs and Blazers, to take Bria's place. Or at least that's what it looks like. I am sure Tart and Maureen Kelly would not say that's what happened. They're just like, we just loved Fanita so much. But keep in mind, Fanita's not a beauty content creator. She's mostly a comedy creator, and she's very funny. Nike is kind of a lifestyle influencer, so it makes a little bit more sense, I guess. But also... Yeah, it's certainly something. So, of course, Fanita and Nike make these videos showing how much fun they're having and saying things like, quote, sorry that I'm living my best life, which some people interpreted as a dig on the whole Bria situation. And at some point in all of this, Bria, who had deactivated her account, reactivates her account and posts a video kind of explaining what's going on. She says that she's talked to Maureen and the Tart team, that they settled it and that she's taking a mental health break. Bria says, quote, I recognize my mistake in responding so quickly and publicly, but Tart has done a great job working through the situation with me. Hey, guys. So I just wanted to come on really quick and say thank you for your messages. Um, I wanted to update you that I've been in contact with Maureen and the Tart team, and we are very much so on the same page with everything. There was miscommunication on both ends, and I recognize my mistake in responding so quickly and publicly, but Tart has done a great job of working through the situation with me. So I know we're both glad to be moving forward in a positive way. Um, for my mental health, I'll be taking a break from TikTok. That is why I deactivated my account, but um, I'm looking forward to you know just getting in a better place and reconnecting with you guys soon. The thing is, Bria doesn't give any details on how exactly it's been resolved. But a lot of viewers were, let's say, skeptical about how much of this video was Bria's choice. I don't necessarily believe in body language analysis, but the video is low-key giving duress. Again, we don't have details on the communications Tart and Bria had, but importantly, Vanita continues to make videos about this after Bria posts hers, which makes sense. A lot of her followers are asking her to comment on it. So initially, Fanita goes live on TikTok while in Miami on Sunday, and she addressed Bria's comments on Tart, saying basically it has nothing to do with her, and that Bria made a mistake, Bria acknowledged she made a mistake, that's that. Even though Bria obviously had already made her apology video, Fanita's comments seemed rather dismissive, let's say. Mm -hmm. And you know what? 
lots of people agreed with me because like you said, Bria's video was giving NDA. It was giving duress. <laughs> it, was it was giving, giving, this isn't my choice. Giving, I figured out that I had signed a contract and now a lawyer has reached out to me. Right. And so Fanita's comments, you know, struck a different chord than perhaps she had intended. To the point where Fanita made another video responding to people calling her a coon and a token black. And in it, Fanita acknowledges that she spoke brashly in the live, claims that she was wasn't aware of Bria's complaints at the start before she agreed to go on the trip and obviously asserts that she's not a token black person. But she still blames Bria for everything. She criticizes Bria for not reading her emails correctly, for deleting her account after making her initial video, which she said left the other black content creators involved to deal with the fallout of them receiving threats and insults for agreeing to go on the trip. And she blames Bria for a whole bunch of other things, some of them inaccurate, which is all very interesting coming from the person who was berating Pyrex for the way they treated her as a black creator like five seconds ago. So the narratives that have been spun about me in the last 24 hours are absolutely insane. I'm not a coon. I'm not anti-black. I'm not a token. I'm not whatever y'all are saying about me. And unfortunately, the internet loves tone policing black women and y'all don't like the way that I talk. So I'm going to keep this tone throughout this entire video as I explain what actually really happened. Thursday, my manager asked me to if I wanted to go to Miami because Tart invited me. I said, absolutely. I'm a comedy creator. We don't get opportunities like that. We don't get experiences like that. I was super excited to go. It was my very first brand trip. I was ready. I just packed my bags. I wasn't on my phone. Left. I came back. I posted my vlog of the hotel talking in a tone that I always talk in that is consistent throughout all of my videos. And I posted it, went to the pool, came back, went on live, and somebody called me a token. Me jokingly saying I'm a comedian. I say, all right, I'm a token then. Now what? Like, there's no way to combat that. I was being sarcastic. At this point, I had zero knowledge about Bria. I don't know Bria. I've, I didn't know Bria before this. I didn't know any of her content. I didn't know that any of this was going on. I was just a person on a trip that a lot of people go on, right? So I start seeing comments the next day under my vlog about me being proud to be a token. And I'm getting a lot of hate for this situation that all started from miscommunication. So once I realized this wasn't just a random attack and there was actually something going on, me and the other girls, we decided to speak to Bria herself and get the full scope of what happened. There were different girls coming on different days and everybody was leaving a different day, not just Bria. It wasn't a race thing. Multiple people were all leaving this, the different day. Not everybody was staying till Sunday. And Bria, didn't read her email correctly. She got sent an, a mistake on an itinerary. And instead of just going to Tart to clear it up and, and fix it, she went to the internet. And that's when the chaos ensued because Bria realized that she made a massive mistake and that's why she deactivated her TikTok account and fled and left us to deal with the aftermath. So as me and all the other black girls are getting a lot of hate, we decide we have to talk to Bria. We have to get Bria on the phone. We get Bria on the phone. Bria's very nasty and she's very rude and she's not trying to be helpful at all. She's not trying to rectify the situation. She's trying to get out of this with not taking any accountability. That's why she only wanted to post that statement on her Instagram story for 24 hours and not on TikTok where all of this started. So 
We were begging Bria to stand up for us and to stick up for us. We were making her aware that we were getting influxes of hate comments, racial slurs, getting attacked and drugged through the mud for a situation that didn't involve us and only involved her. And it was such a minute misunderstanding. It was about a copy and paste error on an itinerary. But Bria knew that if she came out and told y'all the truth, y'all would turn on her. And there'd be no going back because once you say a company is racist, you can't take that back. And Bria knew that. Interesting is the perfect, perfect word. You mentioned some of the things Vanita says were inaccurate. She says that Bria made her first video before reaching out to Tarrant, which is, according to that very video, wrong. In the video we just played, Vanita says she didn't know about Bria before she agreed to the trip. But then in an earlier now-deleted video, she says... She knew exactly what she signed up for. Meanwhile, the other person involved in all of this is... Um, Nikkei of Specs and Blazers says some incredibly fascinating things in a now-deleted video. She says she knows how to use racism to her advantage. That she was the one who reached out to Tart after she saw Bria's video because back in Nikkei's day, quote, we as in black people, we're just happy to be invited. And Nikkei personally knows that the Tart girlies aren't racist. Nikkei says that the same rules apply to her and Kanye, and that she also has a team of, quote, five Jewish lawyers who will get her out of any trouble that she gets into. She calls Bria a Jussie Smollett. Don't even know how to react to any of that except to say that at the end of the video, Nikkei says that you should always consult a lawyer before putting a camera in your face, which is really funny because she deleted these videos. So apparently she didn't take her own advice. Who could have thought? I should also note, again, here I go noting, not <laughs> just a few responses, like not just a few, quite a bit res of responses to Nikkei's content seem to include people who hold the opinion that Nikkei has a reputation for generally being outlandish and anti-Black, particularly when it comes to the relationship between Africans and African-Americans. Some people even compared her to Candace Owens. To be clear, I couldn't find the receipts. But it was enough people to raise the occasional eyebrow, let's just say. So yeah, I guess bottom line, most people that I saw in the comments and responses to her video were just not surprised at all to hear Nikkei's take on the whole situation, which I think is saying more than it is not. Mm, uh-huh. The lack of surprise. It always says a lot. And the lack of surprise continues because I'm sure those same people weren't surprised to hear Nikkei say she doesn't regret any of this. So Rolling Stone published a piece about this whole drama, which included some additional comments from the people involved. And according to Rolling Stone, Nikkei gave a, quote, tearful interview, saying her comments were made in the, quote, heat of the moment, but she doesn't regret them. Which, I mean, <laughs> go off, I guess. I'm just confused as to what we're crying about if we don't regret, but not my not my not my circus. <laughs> Fanita declined to comment any further. Her rep told Rolling Stone that Fanita has moved on to focus on herself, her business, and new partnerships. And in a move that will once again 
sound familiar to anyone who listened to our most recent episode on apologies, Maureen Kelly, the Tart CEO, released an apology about her original non-apology, which, if you've forgotten, was a get ready with me. I wanted to address a mistake that I made recently. I take full responsibility for a TikTok video that I posted responding to claims by a respected and valued Tart creator. It was about a recent Tart event that was meant to be informative and conversational for me, but it definitely missed the mark. My choosing a lighthearted approach to a topic that deserved a serious response was definitely a wrong approach. I should have used this as an opportunity to address the unequal treatment of Black creators within beauty creator programs. My post came across as me not taking the issue seriously, and I'm really sorry for that. As the founder and CEO of Tarte, I acknowledge that we have fallen short in matters of diversity, inclusion, and equity in the past. I want to ensure everyone that I have heard you. And starting now, we will be taking the following steps. We're reviewing our creator program and just making sure that it's inclusive and equitable. And we'll be updating it regularly to make sure we reflect changes that happen within the beauty influencer market. We'll take immediate action whenever we find inequalities or errors within our program. We're focused on fostering a culture of trust and transparency. Our creators are informed and empowered and can make the best decisions for their content and for their followers. We're also going to be more transparent about how we work with our creators, including how we choose them. I think that's not only going to just help the creators, but trust amongst like the industry as a whole. As the CEO, it's my responsibility to make sure everyone's voices are heard and respected. And I failed to do that in this instance. And I'm so sorry. And that's pretty much the end of this saga. There's some more kind of comments floating around that we could talk about, but are hard to confirm because they're screenshots of comments and videos that are now deleted. And honestly, we've already talked about this enough. Also, obviously, there's an extensive amount of discourse that has been generated out of this entire brouhaha, which we are now obviously a part of. I will say that as much as I love drama, this story at the end of it mostly made me sad. In the kind of analyzing of the timelines of who said what and when and why, it's easy for it to get lost that all of this started with the observable fact that Brie was treated as a second-tier influencer on this trip by a brand that has a historically bad relationship with creators of color. Like, that's just the truth of it. Even if there were staggered arrivals and departures, which is a fair thing to do as a brand, I guess, if you don't want to spend the money, it's not a stretch to say that the most important people were going to get to see the race. So if Bria wasn't going to get to see the race, then she wasn't one of the most important people, which she has a right to feel a type of way about, again, as a black person invited on a trip by a brand that has, we know. And now Fanita and Bria are being pitted against each other because Tarte decided to move weird and last minute invite these two black women after another black woman publicly accused them of racism. Like there is no universe in which that move by Tarte is not weird. And it's made weirder. And by weirder, I mean terrible by the fact that black influencers are on average treated worse by brands across the board. They're not chosen for partnerships as often. And when they are, they're paid less, if at all. Yeah, to be clear, I think it's naive of Fanita and Nikkei to ignore all of that context. They were used, too. And YouTuber Chris Cadence made a great video explaining how they were used in this situation. It's just cooning to the max, and it's like how I brought up with them putting us against each other. Instead of realizing that you were not even picked first, you were their last option, and they just picked you so they were able to have, hey, 
we have black people here. Hey, we're not racist. We're treating them right. Instead of you seeing that, you saw the opportunity to have this one bag and you took it and you wanted to run with it. But what is damaging is you tarnished your image with people. But the most important thing to take away from this, which Chris gets to in his video, is that this is just another example in a long line of brands pitting black women against each other. We're spending so much energy dissecting this drama that we're failing to see this for what it is, another instance of a corporation conveniently forgetting the word equity and viewing black creators as disposable. I should add, we did reach out to both Pyrex and Tart for comment. We didn't hear back from them. All right, that is the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a Nadira guest appearance. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your heart ambassadors about us you can follow us on twitter at icym underscore pod which is also where you can dm us your questions like what's going on in miami right now and you can also always drop us a note at icymi at slate.com icymi is produced by sierra spragley ricks and rachel hampton daisy rosario is our senior supervising producer and alicia montgomery is slate's vp of audio see you online or on the racetrack